0: hello lovers hey how's it going pretty good i don't know i it's silent in here we're recording in caitlin's dining room today and i didn't know that a flight path ran right over yeah they just, this changed, it. They just room. changed it yeah um it's been loud it has been loud so i am taking a weekend off of reading romance novels because so. you want to start our romance podcast to tell everyone how you're giving them up and no, just, listen, like, I to fuck off for a listen, weekend. <laughs> listen, I read a lot of romance novels and I just needed a weekend to like be productive and get shit done. So is this like house. a future weekend? No, this is this weekend. Oh, this weekend. I have taken a break you and a it break. Okay. feels really good. Wait, did you read other stuff or you just didn't read? I haven't read all weekend. Oh, it's wow. been really nice actually. <sighs> yeah, to like rejoin your actual life. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I when I read books, the narrator's voice becomes my internal voice. So I can't, I don't narrate my own, like I, like I speak, you know what I mean? (laughs) My thoughts become the voice of whatever the book I'm really into it is. So is it kind of like a arrested development I don't know, I don't that that show. I don't know what. Yeah, I know. Okay. So it's nice to have my own narration in my head. Cool. That's what I'm doing. Well, all right. Um, Welcome to Feel the Love Friday, where we don't read books sometimes, (laughs) but other times we do, and we talk about them. Yeah. I want to start this week off with a new tradition that I'm instituting as of this week, called Review Corner. Wait, what's the point of Review Corner? Well, I'm going to tell you. So, (laughs) Review Corner is coming across reviews online for books that are just that just need to be shared because they're ridiculous. There's just a lot of reviews out there from people who they're just entertaining. That's really what it is. So. I want to use this opportunity to officially solicit screenshots of reviews that you think are ridiculous, and I'm going to share the one that I found this week to start us off, and then I'm going to make this a thing that we do. So this review is for a book that I can't fucking remember, but the... <laughs> is it better that you don't? we don't say the book? Probably, probably. Yeah. I'm sure if you Googled it, you'd find the book. But So the name of this review is Surprise F-Words at the End. Here's the review. <laughs> the story was okay, but didn't do much for me. While there hadn't been much bad language throughout the book, suddenly at the end, the main character found the F word humorous and it was scattered throughout the last few <laughs> chapters. It did make me crave a cup of chai. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get the last part of that. I, it's probably related to the book. I think oh, it might have been okay. sent in India or something. <laughs> yeah, there you have it. There yeah, you have it. I always appreciate, I don't have any examples of this, but I always appreciate the book's reviews on like Amazon or something where either they're like, they give it one star and then they're like, I didn't order this book. Like, <laughs> the book. Yes. like, well, why are you reviewing it and giving it one star? Yeah. It's Amazon's fault. And then the other ones that were like, this had way too much sex in it. Yeah. It's like marketed as erotica. I know. I know. That's the... It's, we call those the pearl clutchers. Yeah. Um, I just... Love it. I love it. It's just, it makes me just want to read the book more because I'm like, I feel bad that the author had to undergo this one star review that's absolutely meaningless. So now I feel like I have to read the book. Well, here's a review I just found for um, Jane Austen's Emma, which is obviously a classic. It just says one star titled, ew, four (laughs) W's. I hate it. So boring. I fell asleep at the first page. It's great if you're into that old 1800s kind of speech. (laughs) Um, so like, uh, there's so much wrong with that, but also like (laughs) Jane Austen's great. I happen to not like historical romance, like Regency romance. And I've expressed this to you before is so much of it is because like, it's just like too much, like, like it's too much historical shit that I can't keep up with, which is like me, a history nerd, talking about that. But like, I remember I read a, a one historical romance recently, I won't say what it which what it was, but they're talking about the sex scene and then she's like, I've got a then I removed my combine and I don't know and so like mid sex scene, it's like getting really hot and then I have to like put down the book and Google what is a combine in like the eighteen seventies <laughs> to come to learn it's like this like basically like a nightgown that covers you from like neck to ankle. But I'm like I, Okay, There's too much terminology that's interrupting the, but, the but flow. I, but I have heard a lot of historical romance readers get really frustrated by not using historical terms, so I think if you're yeah. going to read HR, you just have to be... Yeah, I mean, maybe you just become accustomed to it, but like, I... <laughs> anyway, that's not what we're talking about this week. I just, uh... I like this new tradition. I'll, a, I'll be on thing. the lookout. There's out. just so much content. There is so much content. Yeah. All right, Caitlin, what did you read this week? Okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> you're so excited to tell me well it's so <sighs> I keep doing this thing where I read a description of a book and I'm like that sounds ridiculous and so funny I'll just read it because it's funny and then I read it and it's amazing I feel like this <laughs> happened literally last year yeah books right this, this, no this has happened like even beyond that I feel like in the member in the Rockstar episode there was one with like a rock star and a priest and yeah. you read the description yes. and you're like this and is it's ridiculous so, yes, and then exactly. you're like this so, is amazing so this is a common occurrence for me so this is what happened this <laughs> week so I was editing our Beach Reads episode last week and I remembered Kira Andrews and her books and I was like you know what I just need a really fun MM romance and she's great like she's just always consistently good so I'm just gonna find one and she has this series which is a gay Amish romance series <laughs> Just just a vibe or a mood or (laughs) something. When you think about it, just, you're like, okay, that's like a little silly and like ridiculous. But then I read the reviews and a lot of the reviews were from people who are formerly Amish and they were like, I was in this community. She's very accurate as to the customs and the culture and like multiple reviews said this. And so I was kind of like, well, you know, I, I kind of want to learn about, like, I don't actually know a lot about that culture. I kind of want to learn about it, and this is like a fun way to do that, and because so many people were basically saying that this is an accurate portrayal of the culture, I think that's a good way to do it, and it sounds fun. And then there was one review that was like, I'm Amish, this is totally on point, but they would never know this many sex positions, <laughs> <And> like... <laughs> <laughs> they they must like there's no way they would be this like experimental with like their sex and stuff and I was like well then I would definitely have to read it because it's just anytime there's like a pearl clutching or like a somebody being like why is there so much sex in this book it makes me want to read it just they cause... would never be this experimental and outlandish and try so many crazy things you're like what crazy thing yeah I'm like I want yeah, I, I know. gotta know now <laughs> I know so it's actually a series of three books the first one is called the F- A Forbidden Rumspringa which is I guess a rumspringa <laughs> is like an just... like the Amish period a period in an Amish person's life. When they sort of experiment and like go a little wild before yeah, they commit to the, before. before they commit to the community. So it's about these two guys and they one of them's an apprentice to the other one in the woodshop and they basically realize that they have feelings for each other. And then the first book is them sort of getting together and then figuring out how and when they want to leave the community. And then I read the other two books <laughs> because <laughs> I was really invested and they were really sweet. It's just it's a book where like there's just, they're both just like totally committed to each other and in love and nice. And it was so, we were reading all the apocalypse romances and then to have this as my counterpart. For our apocalypse thematic. Yeah. So to have this as my counterpart was just a really counterpoint. It was just really nice, really nice foil to all the apocalypse romances I was reading that were really dark. So (laughs) the second book, they're in San Francisco and they're acclimating to life. And that was really interesting because there's even vocabulary they don't know. Like they're seeing like, men holding hands in the street and everybody's okay with it so they're trying to figure out like oh and then there's all these really interesting discussions in the book about religion and the bible and what god says and what's truth and what's like i was talking to my friend who's formerly in a cult and i was i was basically like wow these conversations are conversations that i remember you telling me about you having after you left the cult it was like a very similar parallel so i kind of felt like i was getting more insight into his thought process it was just it did it for me on so many levels. Carrie Andrews, I feel like you got like a special superpower to like find these books, like you pluck them not out, not that they're out obscure, but they're like a little bit like you would never normally go for these Yeah. Like well, I think based it's on the description or like you you're just Yeah. I think I'm just willing to try mm-hmm. stuff and maybe that's cuz we're both sort of newer to romance. I'm just like, well, I don't know what I don't like. So I'm gonna just try it, and if I don't like it, I won't. Re- I won't continue reading it, you know. Yeah. But it was easy for this one because Kerry Andrews, like, I've read two of her books before, and I know that well, you know she's, good. she's great. So, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Actually, I, I might recommend it. This cool. Is, yeah. Really good. Well, uh, coincidentally, the only other book that I have to share this week it also has the word "forbidden" in the title. <laughs> oh. um, so I this week I was prepping for our apocalyptic romance thematic, which won't come out for a few months, but I was obsessed with all the apocalypse trope romances so um i only got to read one non-thematic book this week it's called suddenly forbidden it's by ella fields it's part of her gray springs university series it's a male female new adult contemporary romance it is my perfect angsty second chance romance wow trigger warning for cheating because hmm. that happens here even a little bit more than like maybe i'm I was comfortable with like being involved in the plot the two main characters Daisy and Quinn know each other as kids they grow up together they have like a really lovely like friendship and then like budding romance as like teenagers she ends up having to move away because of her parents job and through like kind of a series of miscommunications but that seemed actually kind of believable for like someone who's a teenager and isn't like completely in control of like what they do and who they talk to and like the amount of power you have as as a teenager versus adult through a series of miscommunications they end up like cutting off contact with each other and it had always been the plan when they were younger that they would go to Gray Springs University and so Daisy shows up Quinn was a year older than her she doesn't actually know if he's there or not but she ends up running into him and she's like she's been waiting to kind of like see him And when she runs into him, he sees him go up to her other best friend from when they were growing up, Alexis, and he kisses her because Quinn is now dating Alexis. They were like a trio of, like, best friends, but it was always, like, Daisy and Quinn were kind of fated to be together. So it's very angsty. And they're dealing with their feelings and trying to figure out what happened to them, and then you have this, like, third person there who is you kind of feel bad for but is like clearly like the villain in between in their relationship and so it's very angsty i liked it crystal a lot. loves the angst love it love it love it all right so quickly i just want to talk about what's coming out the rest of the month some really exciting reads a thousand miles by bridget morrissey is a male female contemporary romance coming out june 21st Looks like it was like a road trip maybe a second chance romance um looks pretty good Maggie Moves On by podcast favorite Lucy Score, who also wrote By a Thread, and a couple other books we really love that is a male-female contemporary romance coming out June 22nd. You kind of can't go wrong with Lucy Score, so Mm, I'm... Very steamy. Yeah. Always. The next one is The Devil You Know by Elizabeth O'Rourke, who we've mentioned a couple times in the podcast. She has this devil series. The first two are very good. Really excited to read this next one. It comes out on June 23rd, and that's a male-female contemporary. And then another one is Glow by Raven Kennedy, which is a male-female fantasy. This is the fourth book in the Plated Prisoner series. And next week, we'll be publishing our retellings episode. So you'll hear about the first three books. But after you've read those three, Glow is finally out. So you can read all four. Yep. 128. And the last one I'll flag like is called Tragic Bonds. This is the fifth book of the Bonds That Tie series by Jay Bree. Have you read any of these? Mm-mm. It's a reverse harem. M-M-M-M-F. There's five guys. It's a fantasy reverse harem romance. It is fucking excellent. The main character is like a real badass. This is the fifth book, but it takes place where like they all have special powers and stuff. And there's the idea—it's the idea that like there's a central bond for in certain people, and sometimes the men, sometimes the woman. The main female character is the central bond for these other five guys, Whoa. and it develops into a relationship. But it's an enemies to lovers. They do not like her at first because of some like misjudged, uh, preconceived notions of her. Classic. So excited for that. But let's get to the meat of today. What are we doing, Caitlin? Okay, so this is our first installment of Real Life Romance, or as I like to call it, Feel the Real Love Friday. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and our guest today has her own quarantine romance that she's going to share with us. And yeah, she's just a really great guest. So we'll turn to that interview with Emily now. Oh, so- Okay, so we are here with Emily, who is a fellow attorney and she's here to talk about her quarantine whirlwind romance, but uh, before that, Emily, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. I am a colleague of Caitlin's. I am
1: an attorney here in Seattle. I recently moved to Seattle from Denver and, you know, just excited to be here on this podcast and
0: do you read romance?
1: Yes, I do (laughs) read romance. I recently started diving into the genre probably in the last two to three years, and I really, really enjoyed it. I've always been an avid reader, and I think I was pretty dismissive of romance for a lot of reasons. I think some of them probably cloaked in different sexist approaches to this genre in general, and viewing it through a lens where it was dismissed, maybe in part because it was written for women Mm -hmm. and about love. In the last couple of years, I've just really, really embraced it. And I think having a hard job or going through a pandemic, it's been an amazing experience, actually, just dive into a book like Book Lovers, which we were just talking about, and just be all-encompassed in a world that's nothing but delightful.
0: Yeah. 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 Do you say – yeah, I was going to say, like, I – gotten to romance in the last two to three years too and and a lot of it happened during the pandemic and I feel like I just needed like a happy place yeah right do you feel like you read lighter romance or do you have you also read dark romance
1: I have mostly read lighter romance I think I've read some fantasy romance and sometimes there's some plot holes that I think are confusingly dark but um (laughs) (laughs) but for the most part I mostly just read lighter romance But I'm always here for a recommendation for some dark romance.
0: We have a lot of those on the show. (laughs) Mix it up. (laughs) Literally just recorded our apocalypse romance uh, episode. So it's pretty pretty dark. Pretty dark. (laughs) (laughs) dark. But you have your own sort of apocalypse adjacent romance story, which is why we are having you on the show. So what was life like for you pre-pandemic? And where were you?
1: So pre-pandemic... I was in law school. I was living in Boulder, Colorado, and I was at CU Boulder for law school. My first two years of law school actually were really challenging. I mean, it's a stressful situation to be in law school, Um, but I had gone through a really significant breakup where my partner of seven years and I had broken up in a pretty nasty, nasty way, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. an unexpected way. So I was pretty heartbroken and in a social setting that was quite intense. And maybe, you know, I I just, I wasn't living my best life and I was struggling with anxiety and depression and all the really fun things that happen. Then you're just, you know, in law school. So it's that much better. Mm -hmm. Pre-pandemic, like immediately pre-pandemic was my 3L year. So my final year of law school and... I had just moved to my own place in Boulder. I was spending more time with people who I felt really supported me and who I really connected with and made me less nervous in general, which was excellent. I was able to... I was starting to feel more comfortable with who I was at this stage of my life, being without my former partner. And, you know, we were probably a year and a half out from our breakup by then. And then I was also... Just really happy to be on my own and living in the mountains, and I got to go hiking every day.
0: Mm, that sounds lovely. It was nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How did you and Brian first meet?
1: So Brian and I first met during college. He was dating someone for a long time, similar to me. So both both of us had long-term college significant others. The first time I met Brian was my sophomore years, right before sophomore year of college. And I was sitting on the lawn of actually his ex-girlfriend's house. <laughs> I was sitting with a couple of friends and we had all been chit-chatting, kind of gossiping. So Brian at that point was our student body president and
0: oh. Yeah, yeah. The king of Puget Sound. I could totally see that having met Brian. Right. He's got that homecoming king vibe. He he was homecoming. Oh <laughs> Yeah. Right. Yeah. The first time we and had you guys over for dinner, you left and Josh just turns to me and he goes, that's a very attractive couple. <laughs> that's so nice. But yeah, now it's
1: uh totally makes sense for Brian. And he also was involved in admissions and just everyone, everyone loves him. He has one of those personalities. And I had actually never talked to him, and but several of my friends were kind of tight with him. They're like, he's getting kind of hot, right? (laughs) And I was like, you know, I've seen him. I voted for him for president. You know, okay, like, let's see. He started walking over, and he was like, oh, Emily, I'm not going to say her last name. Here you are, my other friend. He's like, Hannah, so good to see you. It's amazing. You're the best. Julia, what's up, my gal? And then he looked at me. Clearly had no idea who I was, (laughs) panicked, and walked inside. (laughs) And I was like... Uh, pardon my language, but like, fuck this guy. <laughs> um, and you know, here we are now. Played the longest game. Oh my god! And he was going in to go hang out with his ex girlfriend. So
0: wow, I know. So did you guys ever become friends in college, or you just like we, knew of each other?
1: We did. So you know, beside after that wonderful first interaction, we ended up actually becoming friends when we were both tour guides. Very cool. God, you're so involved. <laughs> I know. And just such gunners. And we were both tour guides at Puget Sound. You know, just dorky wearing our jackets, showing, showing the high schoolers around. And we started to have a relationship, just like a good friendship there. He also worked in admissions at Puget Sound, um, after he had graduated college. So he's a couple years older. We were Just uh, we like I would work and we would just chat and kind of shoot the shit and in the office. And it was it was a delightful time. And I think we had both kind of harbored maybe crushes, but we were both with our significant others. One time I came back after I had graduated from UPS and Brian was still there. And he and his long term girlfriend had split by that point. He was pretty devastated. We would get together and we had beers, like, under the guise of both studying for the LSAT at that time. Mm -hmm. And we would, you know, sit together. I think my ex-boyfriend sometimes, like, dropped me off to go study with Brian because, you know, we were pals and he was so sad. And one time he looked at me and he was like, I will never be in love again. (laughs) Again, jokes on him. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, so we kind of developed this relationship that was – out of a lot of mutual respect and admiration, but also, you know, we weren't super close, but I it was, I felt like I was drawn to him and I felt so sad for him at that point. And then during law school, we would occasionally text each other. He ended up staying in Seattle and I went to Boulder. You know, we would text each other, oh, like, how's your first semester going? And then if I was in Seattle, we would just be ships in the night. He would always be out of town or, you know, we would just never cross paths our 3L year. So where we are, at, I'm finally like, <laughs> things are looking up in Boulder. I'm feeling a little more comfortable. And our Christmas break, so our winter break of 3L year, I was in Seattle and I texted Brian. I said, okay, are you going to, oh, are you going to be around? Are we going to be able to see each other? Finally, it's been three years since the last time we hung out. And he said, nope. Um, I'm in Canada. but mm-hmm. And so we kind of said, like, okay, well, I hope law school went well. And, you know, I'll see you when I see you, yeah. if I ever see you again. We were not planning on seeing each other. And I was like, oh, bummer, but whatever. And then, so on Christmas Day, my family was walking around Gasworks Park in Seattle. And my brother slipped on goose poop. <laughs> <laughs> And yes, this all ties in.
0: Okay. <laughs> I feel like these are the kind of details that would be in a romance novel. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it all came down to
1: one bird. Yeah, there was
0: one bird. And my brother slipped
1: on goose poop. And it was just a horrendous slip. And he broke his foot and he got a compound fracture. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it was a very dramatic Christmas. Mostly spent at Harborview. So he got a compound fracture and his foot was, you know, turned just the -hmm. wrong direction. Mm -mm -mm -mm. And so my trip to Seattle ended up getting extended because my brother had to have surgery. You know, stress was running high and, and, you know, people were not necessarily happy with each other. And I was like, this is an excellent opportunity for me to get out of the house and try (laughs) to avoid my family as much as possible. While I was, you know, while this, during this extended period of time, I reached out to Brian again. And I was like, hey, in case you are coming back, I would like, I'd love to see you. Surprise, I'm still here. He's like, oh, yes, absolutely. So he got back from Canada and he was going to stay, I think, an extra day in Portland. And he actually ended up where he's from and he ended up driving up so we could get drinks um, that night we were having drinks and then, you know, we started just like chatting. And then we ended up chatting for about four hours. I told my parents, I was like, I will be back in like an hour max. And you know, four hours later, we're still talking. And then, kind of out of the blue, I he kind of was acting like he had a headache or something, and he was really distraught. And I was like, Oh, this is mm-hmm. I maybe if this is my you to go right. And it's like things are not great. He was, he was like kind of stressed out, you know, and then he said, he's like, I just want you to know I've had a crush on you for like five years oh my and God. I, I just think that I just am so, I just really like you. I've had a crush on you for so long and I hope that doesn't make you feel weird, but I just, I just want to tell you, I just really like you. I was, I was shocked and I was really like very pleasantly surprised and, um, that we outside and made out on the street and it was great okay so this is like
0: this is, this is like, pre-demi this is like <laughs> this is like so so far like before we get to the pandemic part of this so far we have like office romance mm-hmm. we have enemies to friends to lovers yes second chance, chance. Mm-hmm. separations, like missing each other yeah
1: timing i think is yeah. a good one
0: this is truly a romance novel. I mean, and you're the bird. living it. Yes. I mean, you are living it. Yeah. Yeah. And the bird. It's fate. And the declaration mean, of, you know, crush or love that yeah. like never mm-hmm. happens in real life, but it happens in romance novels. And you're like, wow, the men are so emotionally developed and they can just say their feelings straight. Right? So, I know. But that happened. It did. It did happen. It did happen.
1: I them? was like, wow, there's a man who's in touch with his emotions. Oh, yeah. I am
0: actually very confused right now. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I love this story. Yeah. Okay, so I'm enthralled. I feel like I'm <laughs> reading a romance book. Like it's like an audio version. and Or this is like the summary, like yeah. the reviews that tell you like yeah. everything that happens in the book. This is what <laughs> I'm getting right now. Yeah, I'm ready for it. Okay, so what happened once the pandemic started? So
1: when the pandemic started, Brian and I had mm, we'd spent a few days together. So Between January of 2020 to March 2020, we'd probably – we'd visit each other a couple times back and forth. I mean, pretty quickly, we had said, like, I love you. I think within – I think it was the next time we saw each other in January because we had just been talking every day. And we had just Mm -hmm. talked for, like, hours on the phone every day while we were apart for the first time. Before, you know, he even visited me in Boulder in later January, I had been like, listen – I've done long distance before. I'm not going to do long distance again. But did
0: you know you were both going to end up in Seattle at this point?
1: No. Oh.
0: I thought you knew you were coming.
1: Oh, no, that's right. Because you were in... Yeah. yeah. And I was, I was I had a job lined up in Denver. Mm-hmm. I was like, I, I don't know. Like, this is kind of stressful. And both he and I had both done long distance. And it's hard. But, you know, it's going to be a challenge. But he ended up visiting after we had been talking on the phone, like, every single day. And then... <laughs> Like, within three hours of him visiting, we said, I love you. And so, you know, I guess things escalated. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then we... It was, yeah, it was just delightful. And then... So we had spent, like, a few days visiting back and forth. I'd probably spent, honestly, five days together and had been talking a lot. Oh. And then in March 2020, he was going to visit for his spring break. He packed for four days. And we were at the airport and I was coming from Phoenix, also from a wedding winter. I was like, I should not be here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we were, and we were at DIA and we were like, you know, me, this is not great. We should not be traveling. So let's like hunker down. We got back to my apartment in Boulder, which was 450 square feet. And literally if you're... In the bathroom, you're also, like, your foot is probably in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> There's no closet. So I just had, like, an open shelf, and I was like, "Um, you can put your suitcase, like, maybe under the bed. That's also – it's probably not going to fit. And Good thing he
0: only had four days' worth of clothes. I know.
1: So then, you know, four days turned into two weeks, and two weeks turned into a month, and then a month turned into, like, four and a half months. Oh <laughs> and we had spent – we had talked a lot but really not spent time together and our entire relationship has been based off of cohabitation
0: really and we got forced proximity now yeah <laughs> so, was that, that like all? a mutual decision for him to stay like was it like okay it's not safe to travel back yet and I can like do what I need to do from Colorado and like I'll just like well, i guess was it like really born out of like fear of the pandemic or you're like this relationship's going really well as it is let's Let's hunker down and like, I may as well stay here.
1: I think it was a combination of both. Um, There's a lot of, I think he was very fearful of feeling like he was imposing Mm -hmm. on me. Yeah. I also didn't want him to feel, and I think this is like expressions of insecurities from past relationships too. And I didn't want him to feel like I was being like needy and being like, you have to stay. Right. And I need you here emotionally. And also my grandmother got COVID in the first wave and died. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and it, which was terrible and very tragic, and but having him there was a lot more meaningful, and it was really important for me to, I think, process that with him. Yeah. <laughs> it's also I was like, okay, we've been dating for like three months, we're gonna have a big death in here. Let's let's do this. And he was an amazing support, and I think that in conjunction with not knowing what's going on with the world and having a fear there, but also. We honestly had so much fun. Every day we would hike and we both went to pass fail in virtual school. Yeah. So we were like, well, okay. <laughs> and we both had jobs lined up. Really no one to report to. Yeah.
0: Did and, you study for the bar though together?
1: Mm, yeah. Until he had his bar canceled. Yeah. So then I was on my own there. And that's actually when he went home. <laughs> 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 I was like, you gotta go. <laughs> um But we, yeah, we were, we were just having so much fun together and we kept a journal because we were, we both loved to cook. We wrote down every single day what we made and we would write down recipes and we have Brian and Emily's like Corona cookbook. And we wrote down every single thing that we made every day. And they would say like, oh, like we're going to have a Dutch baby and this is best paired with a hike and run at Cenitas." and oh, I love this <laughs> you will have this thing, and that's
0: also what your romance novel should be called yes. <laughs> yeah corona cookbook that's really cute Brian and Emily's corona
1: cookbook it's really nice and we read it was just so fun and I I don't think either of us wanted it to end and it's like we talk about that period being filled with a lot of sadness and the loss of my grandmother and fear of the world, which was literally on fire, also and yeah. um, at that time, and and then just being so happy together and having just like falling in love and having such an amazing, easy connection, and just being able to like relish each other's company, mm-hmm. and that was all we did every day.
0: So we just recorded the apocalypse episode mm-hmm. that won't air for a few months, but we, in that episode, we were talking about how we love those stories because. You really get to detach yourself from the like mundane shit that doesn't matter and just focus on survival and relationships and like the day to day being present. And it sounds like you had, you kind of had a little bit of that with yeah. COVID without having to, because school didn't really matter and until you had to start studying for the bar. Yeah. Um, do you feel like there were specific challenges that you faced because you were? sort of in this forced proximity situation, even though it was a choice to be there, like what were the, what were some of the challenges you guys faced from being in that situation? I think
1: some of the challenges would include, I was really fearful that we would both develop separation anxiety Mm. because there came a point, I think in May when we were like, how much time do you think we've been apart from each other? And sometimes we'd like both go on runs or talk to our parents and go on walks and stuff. But I think we had spent like four hours apart I was like, oh my God. And I've always been <laughs> <laughs> like, that is insane. And I've always been a pretty independent person, so is he, and we both really enjoy traveling and like to travel alone. But all of a sudden we're <laughs> we're like these are like, are we codependent? And I think I there's some challenges there where I was like, how do I am I depending on him for everything? Like, can I function as a human without this? man who is new to my life and my existence. And I think he also kind of faced those questions and also just challenges. It was a really small space. And sometimes he would like hit his head on the (laughs) oven. He's like a very tall man. I mean, or, you know, you no, know, sometimes like something didn't sit right in someone's tongue. It, <laughs> it was a small, small apartment. That's tough for a new relationship. It's, I know, yeah. and there's like no like really cute period. It's like, well, here I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I'm a twenty-eight year old with stomach issues. <laughs> oh,
0: <my goodness. laughs> That are always in the in between chapters. Well, that's right. The stuff that's not mentioned on the page. Yeah, Yeah. I know. So funny. Yeah, so it was. I think that
1: was you know just like day to day living challenges, and yeah, it was also he saw my life very close up in a way that I think I felt challenged because I wasn't seeing his life as close up, Mm. Um, except through as relayed through his eyes. But he was, you know, when we would do our social distance hangs with some other folks. Um, like he was able to see, you know, my friends and my interactions. And I didn't have that insight into his life for a long time. Did he,
0: So super pointless point, but did he get more clothes? <laughs> he actually, see,
1: yeah. One of his friends would come and be like, all your plants are dead, but I will like mail you a box of clothes oh <laughs> and like maybe occasionally make sure that your car will still run, yeah. you know? great friends I, and he started it was snowing in boulder mm. and so he was like yeah i've got like my boots and then by the end he was just like i bought him for his birthday like dobby the house elf i was like here's um some shorts and a shirt <laughs> <laughs> and so i gifted him clothes mm, and he freed you. <laughs> and i set him free <laughs> <laughs> And the bar was canceled,
0: so I set him free. Yes. How <laughs> oh, really? did you guys reunite, and how long were you apart after he finally Oh, yeah. And were you afraid when you separated that you'd be apart for, like,
1: yes. forever? Yes. We were both very scared and sad. And also, it was hard, I think. I was just so... I was so bitter, because his bar was canceled. Mine was not. I was like, go. Have a summer. <laughs> 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 <It's> like... <laughs> Enjoy your vacation. I'm going to be studying. It was, I think that was late June that he left. And then we were not reunited until mid August. Wow. And it was a long time. I mean, we still talked a lot. And he was able to see his family, which is very important to him. And he had not been, I hadn't, he hadn't seen them, obviously, in months. Not yeah. It was it was a lot. It was hard. There were a lot of tears when yeah. with that airport drop off. Yeah. Um, Long
0: distance is hard, but especially after that prolonged period of cohabitation. Yeah,
1: and really intense cohabitation. Yeah,
0: and then the not knowing if the world's gonna fall to shit and you're not gonna be able to see them because of exactly. travel restrictions or whatever. Yeah, I can't even imagine. So now you're obviously not in Colorado. You're in Seattle. Here I am. So how did you end up here? <laughs> I assume you guys are living together, and I hope it's not in 400 square feet anymore. <laughs> I know we added like an extra thousand square feet. Thank oh, God. <laughs> God.
1: I know, but we still we are literally work right next to
0: each other. My friend who was just over was like,
1: "What is wrong with you? You have a spare bedroom. You have all this stuff. Why are your desks next to each well, other? And, you,
0: and your offices are in the same building. Like, mm, oh so yeah, you're and like we, actual offices.
1: We do work in the same building." <laughs> also in addition to our home offices but um yeah it was a series of like long and hard conversations it's like Colorado or Washington ultimately my brother whose foot has healed um (laughs) (laughs) he's here and my parents are moving here so those factors and in combination with Brian's family is here He's not barred in Colorado. Um, (laughs) And I just... I love the Northwest. And I think it it was a a lot of time spent in either place. And also more tears shed. And a lot of beautiful humans left in Colorado that I fostered those friendships with. But then Brian and I also developed like our couple friends with. And it was really hard. So in February... We ended up moving from, or I ended up moving, and we drove two separate cars because I have so many plants. So we, so we had to keep oh, all... Oh, so he flew
0: out and drove with you?
1: Yeah. So he flew out and drove with me, and we did a road trip. In separate cars. In
0: separate cars. <laughs> and I was, like, I
1: was like, I can't leave the plants. And, so, and yeah, it was ridiculous. He had to rent an SUV to just bring plants and I had my car full of plants and we were like those (laughs) crazy people like every Airbnb on the stop. We'd be like, okay, bring the plants. (laughs) Like it's cold. We don't want them to suffer. (laughs) And you know, here we are now we have a house full of plants and it's great. And it's been really fun. It's been a lot of transition. I mean, I lived in Washington before I moved in 2017 and I'm back in 2022 now. You know I'm it's I'm with a different person than I was then and I have feel like a different person in a lot of ways and I've undergone a lot of changes and development in my own life and it's wonderful and I like love our house that we've that we live in in this home that we've made and it's a it's been great it's really lovely
0: ending i know it really should be a book because i know so i'm just my heart is so warm from you this need to story. sell the story to somebody sure. i know i mean isn't that my whole job <laughs> ip yeah yeah you do really. yeah you'd know how to do all the contracts
1: yeah so fun <laughs> um
0: man i love there's like i mean it's like a great story but it's it's just it's also just so it really feels like a book so it just feels very appropriate yeah it really know. does
1: yeah, yeah. I think also there's like a part of that during this relationship too, particularly at the height of the pandemic when we were in this tiny, 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 we called it the dollhouse together because it also like <laughs> so many windows and we would like look out. It was ridiculous. But um, yeah, it, it. I was like, is this my life? Like, also, like, Brian is like, he's the prong king, you know? Yeah. I was like I had such a crush on him for such a long time. And I think, you know, even being it's like unveiled itself in a different way. And at first I was like, Oh, I'm attracted to this person as a friend. Cause I'm so drawn to him and he's so smart and he's such a kind and charismatic person. And then I was like, Oh, and maybe he's a little cute. And now here we are.
0: Yeah. And it's I, I do feel like at least in my personal romance, like I've also had that feeling of like, is this my life? And I still feel that to this mm-hmm. day now that I'm married, like I'm often, often like, Hey, we're, we're married. That's cool. Like, we, talk, we like, say that to each other a lot, at least, like, how grateful we are. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's just a... If you don't feel that way in your relationship, I don't know. That's, like, maybe a problem.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's special. And it's, like, so exciting. We'll always tell each other, it's like, I'm so excited to come home to you. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, being long distance and, you know, struggling with that and being sad. It's like, oh, I'm going home to my empty apartment, you know, if we're not together during this period. And... No, it's like every time we're apart or like getting drinks with friends or on podcasts with friends, um, Um, (laughs) (laughs) and it's like, I'm just so excited to go home to you. Like I know that he's going to be there. Vice versa.
0: That's so great. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it so much. Okay, do you have any more questions? No, I mean we kind of we had a question about like which romance trope, but I feel like we already talked so about it. Oh my like, god, there's so many in just there. It's like yeah, it really should which be I love, love though. Yeah. Um, but the big I want, like, like more Nora Ephron vibes. It's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> but the big question mm-hmm. is what's your favorite nail polish color?
1: So, my favorite nail polish color is typically I I really don't wear a lot of nail polish. Um Which is
0: also fair. You don't have to yeah. have an answer. You know,
1: I'm I'm kind of the clumsy gal. Listen, <laughs> this, it's just gonna chip like day of I know, know thyself. But I when I when I do wear nail polish, I, I like to go black. Like um I think when I was probably 10, Avril Lavigne was pretty formative for me.
0: Mm-hmm. And I was that kid who would put a lot of like <laughs>
1: Sharpie on her nails or like white out on one single you one. You also do
0: like the tank top, wife beater with them, the with tie. With a tie. Yeah, yeah, my
1: dad, I, my dad was like, I don't want to tie any more of my ties on your neck.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I would do magic marker highlights in my so hair. So cool. I, I remember I that. started a trend at school. That's
1: cool. <laughs> That's cool. not to brag <laughs> but yeah so i n- nowadays i i like a black nail I yeah it's a little moody so i'm all for it we're big fans mm-hmm. over here yeah 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 cool take it yeah sharpie or no <laughs> <laughs> maybe not
0: sharpie now that we're like attorneys at us. um thank you so much for coming on the show this is it's so heartwarming to hear your story and thank where you, you guys for- are at today and it's just cool to like hear about a romance novel type story but then know that you are a real that is really happening in real life and it's still going and you're like living through your happy and you know happy ever after like that is just your life continuing it's like very cool it's beautiful. getting really meta around here plants yeah. and all yeah yeah all <laughs> like your plant plant babies <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you for having me i'm so happy to be here and i want to see your cookbook when you publish it oh my god I really should. you should yeah yeah all right. Well, thank you for listening. You can find us at loveandpodcast.com. We are on Instagram and Twitter at loveand underscore podcast. Yep. Check out our Instagram for a photo of Emily and Brian and maybe a screenshot of their cookbook. Mm, we'll, we'll see. see. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, if you have your own quarantine romance or want to reach out to us, you can get to us at hello at loveandpodcast.com. And that's it. Bye, lovers. Go love yourselves. Oh, see. I'm baby